0: well g'day 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 welcome to bible for business number eight coming to you live from the kingdom business global headquarters on the gold coast my goal here is to help you scale up your business nurture your family and deepen your walk with the lord Ultimately, I want to be able to take scripture and make it relevant to the marketplace so that you have practical tools to implement, so that you can win in life, win in business, win with your family, ultimately just win as you are having this experience on earth. So we're going to run through a bunch of scriptures. I'm going to basically tell you how I feel and, uh, and you can do with it what you like at the end. Uh, but ultimately... Uh, ultimately I just want to play a very small part in your business success. Steve Pike, Kay Bronfield, Adrian, Clarissa, thanks for joining. If you're watching and lurking from a distance, make sure you find the chat somewhere and let me know where you are. Um, Make it good, whereas I could only stay for ten minutes today. All right, well that's good. I am much later than I normally am. I'm sorry. It's been a it's been a hectic morning. So we're talking about the five promises of a generous person. The five promises of a generous person. You know, and I'm and I'm going to be talking about money on this one because um, I like the topic, and uh, I don't know what it is that's crept into the body of Christ that it's like taboo to talk about money. It's like, are you kidding me? Um, it's a vital element. I mean, you, you know, people say, oh, it's not that important, right? Well, we just had an interest rate rise yesterday or the day before in Australia, like try and tell the people that were struggling last month with their mortgage, that money doesn't matter now that their payments gone up this month. Like, like you can't tell me, you can't tell me it doesn't matter. Right. So it really, really, really matters. Um, so, so we're going to talk about it and, um, and hopefully I can bring, um, a balance of to wealth because you know, there are the two extremes across the body of Christ. There's like this whole, like, um, you know, you should have absolutely loads of it. And if you shower yourself with impressive things, then it's almost like, you know, God, people will know you have a God and it will draw them. Listen, the, the, the only people, the only people that that's going to draw are like rappers and like soccer stars and, And I don't know that you're going to draw them for the right reason. Right. So, but then there's these people on the other end that are like, you should live with absolutely nothing and God hates money and you should never talk about it because it's such a lowly topic. And I've met all of these people and, um, and neither of those extremes work, right? They, they are unsustainable and they don't point a lot of glory to God. So we've got to find some other tools that sit in the middle you know, I'll tell you an interesting story going back like seven years. I was, uh, I was renovating the house that we were living in at the time. And, um, I was laying the tiles myself and, and I got to the point where I got a bit stuck with, with these tiles. Like, so I, uh, I called in a company and, and, um, and then they kind of dropped the ball and this guy from church just turns up, Hey Matt. And he goes, um, he goes, I'll help you. I'll help you He goes, I'll come over to your house and I'll, I'll figure it out with you. I was like, well, that's super kind of you. Okay. And he had his own business. So I'm like, you know, he'll just tell me at the end what it is and then I'll fix him up. And then, and then I'll, you know, say a massive thank you. Well, we get to the end of the job, you know, like two or three days and, um, and he says, I'm not going to charge you for, for the work. And I'm like, what, what? No, that's not okay. That is not Okay. And, uh, and so he, he kind of left it at that. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not comfortable with that. Right. So, so here we go. Uh, I go and buy, he's like, I'm not accepting any money. So I go and buy a whole stack of gift cards and I found out where he lived and I drive over there and I go and give him these gift cards and they don't want to take them. Right. And then they tell me why they don't want to take them they did, this guy did this whole job for me to prove a point that in the body of Christ, nobody should be charging for their services. And he said what he went on to tell me that what I do with my life is completely wrong. The fact that I'm charging, he, he, he said, I am sending people to hell with me. And he tried to show me how it should be done. And, um, And then he cornered me on the Sunday in uh, church and gave me, you know, a a, a verbal battering about how I'm as bad as Oprah, right? It's funny now. I look back. It was funny then, but it's funnier now. And, um, and, And so anyway, and I said to him, I said, what are you talking about? I went over to your house. Your house is nicer than mine like 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 what are you talking about right and he's like he's like the way we should live is no food in the cupboard and then we invite people over so the, the so god has to put stuff in our cupboard and provide and that's how he gets his glory and i'm like well maybe but but you basically if you choose to believe that as passionately as you do you have chosen to throw out three quarters of scripture. That's my only concern with that kind of thinking, right? So anyway, now, listen, the story with that particular fellow could go on and on and on. He literally had such an issue with me running the Kingdom Business Summit each year that for a few years in a row, he would bring a bunch of his other broke friends. I don't know how they got there. They must have ridden a push bike or something. They would come to the convention center where we held it. And they would walk the building and pray that God would confound our meeting and it would never take off. <laughs> oh man! I just, so I'm inside the venue, right, trying to motivate people to go and do business to advance the kingdom, and there's a Christian guy outside the venue casting Christian spells on us to make sure that it doesn't work. So, so yay, God, right? Because it multiplied and grew every single year, and um. And so I find that quite, quite funny. So anyway, like, like it just doesn't work. Like now, are there some people that are called to live that way? Probably, but it's, but it's a specific grace. It's not the standard, right? So, so it's just, it just hasn't really worked. And so, so this guy was like, he had an element of generosity, but it always had strings attached. I want to suggest to you, that if you want to walk in the promises that come with generosity, then generosity is not an act. It's not a transaction, right? Generosity is a heart issue because if you can stuff generosity inside of you and get it deep down inside your identity, then the natural outworking of that is that you are going to want to give and do the transactions, But if you try and make it a transaction, like if God's not going to pry the money out of your hands when it comes to an offering, he'll just be patient and wait for you to catch it and get it deep down inside of your heart so that it naturally wants to come out. And of course, when you actually get generosity as a concept inside your heart and and it takes ground in good soil, it doesn't become about money. It is money but it's so much broader than money, you know, like somebody who has generosity, you know, is the kind of person that would hold a lift open for everybody else and walk out last. Right. They would be the kind of person that, you know, always saying please and thank you. they would be the kind of person that let people in in traffic, the kind of people that, that kind of stick around and have a chat, even when they don't want, like, like they're just generous right? You know, so when the church come up on Sunday and say, we're giving backpacks for the homeless, their first thought is, I wonder how many I can give. You know, when they talk about we're raising money for this missionary, their first thought is like, hey, 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 like I want to play a part in this. And, And remember, it's not about the amount, right? Generosity is about the heart and it's not about the amount. Now, ironically, the promises of God attached to generosity end up meaning that it does become about the amount. And we'll show you that. But it doesn't start about the amount. It starts about a heart issue. Okay. So, so that, you know, like you can be sitting there and you can be on welfare today. And when they say in church, hey, listen, we, you know, we want to be part of this thing, or there's an opportunity for us to sow some money into the scripture union person in our local school, the first thought is like, you know, I can get a hundred bucks together. Like, I'm in. You know, even if the cost is $50,000, they're like, oh, I'm because that generosity is stuffed so down deep inside of them that it has to leak out as transactions, right? That's where we've got to get to, right? That's where we've got to get to because, because to me, that's what draws people near to God. When they see somebody who is living that sacrificially, they're forced to ask the question man, that person is so much different to the world system. There's got to be something going on in their life, right? And that's what draws people near. So we're going to look at a bunch of scriptures that get us, you know, that get us a, a little bit of an insight into how all this works. And, and we're going to unpack it. None of the scriptures are going to be brand new for you, but we're going to be revisiting some things. And and and, and here's what I want to say to you, right? Once you get on the generosity train, Life becomes a wild adventure. It's a wild adventure because you end up like Team Teflon. None of the dirty stuff can stick after a while. All right. But, but we're also going to deal with uh, uh, what? Because I'm going to tackle generosity, but at the same time, I'm going to tackle all of these dumb narrative that we've got across the body of christ that it's evil to have money or make money or be driven by money or pursue money or store up money or have money or be blessed i'm going to deal with those two because those people are robbing us of a fair bit of our inheritance all right so i'm going to try and give the devil a kick in the teeth at the same time as run through some godly scripture all right, now you'll know this one in second Corinthians nine6. it's basically talking about generosity, the whole thing. So second Corinthians 9: six and it says this: remember this: whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Listen, <clears throat> talk about I'm talking about like the promises, what like the benefits, the out the outworking of being generous. Listen, nowhere in scripture does it say give and you'll get nothing in return. It doesn't say that anywhere. It says, do this, get this, right? Time and time and time and time again, right? Now people, well, I don't want to give to get. Well then, but you're gonna, right? Unless you you have found a way to live as a Christian outside of scripture, you're gonna. So he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. So there is actually a reaping. It's not just sowing, it's a reaping okay? And there is there is a distinction between how to reap a little and how to reap a lot, okay? No, I, I, I know, Wes, this is not about money. This is, if you sow money, you're going to get back compassion. Nope, you're not going to get back compassion because God didn't withhold his compassion from us, okay? This is sowing and reaping. This is putting in, you know, tomato seeds and getting tomatoes, right? He's not the author of confusion. He, he doesn't say, give me money and then I'll make sure your child doesn't have cancer in three generations, like some weird voodoo stuff that people think, no, it's not that, right? He'll deal with the cancer in my three generations later person by the fact that he's a healing God. But in terms of what I'm sowing, I'm going to be reaping in accordance, okay? I promise you. Now, you might be thinking, how do you know? Testimony. Testimony. I've walked, I've tested these things. That's why I'm trying to talk to you about them today. Each of you should give what, now, this is is where it gets interesting. So if you sow sparingly, you'll, you'll reap sparingly. If you sow generously, you'll reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Heart to give. So this is a heart issue. Right, you know this, is, and each of you should give according to what Dave Ramsey said is in your Excel spreadsheet of your budget. Listen, maybe not. <laughs> this is this is what each of you have purpose in your heart to give. So when you're compelled by the love of God in every area of your life, you'll be moved with compassion to be more generous in your heart. Okay. That's what. Now, see, see. Here's a thing. Do you know what I? Do you know why I'm talking about this to you right now? Is because I'm not taking an offering. I have nothing to gain, nothing to gain from telling you the truth about giving more and being generous. I'm not taking up an offering. All right. I might one day, but at the moment, I'm not taking up an offering. Right. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly uh, or under compulsion there's most of your Sunday morning messages out the window for God loves a cheerful giver and God, listen, and now we look at some promises and God is able to bless you abundantly able to is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. How many good works? Every good work. See the people that think they need to have just enough, will not be able to fulfill the promise of having all, having so in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. See, if you don't have more than you need, you can't abound in every good work, right? We have India in the house. Thanks for joining. Bless your heaps. So then it goes on to say, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever, Right? So there is a direct direct distinction between your righteousness in your actions and your ability to feed the poor, right? It, so so you have to understand, this: the people that are like, we should live off nothing and have nothing, are going to fall short of being able to have all things in all times abound in every good work, right? They're not going to be able to scatter their gifts amongst the poor, right? And so they're going to miss out. Now it goes on to say, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food there's a distinction. There's a distinction between those two. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. One, bread for food is basically the money you need to live off. Seed is to be sown, given away, right? Scattered their gifts to the poor would be an example. They're two different things. So there's there's an amount there's an amount of money, like he'll give you money to live off and he'll give you money to sow, okay? He who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for the food will also supply, so now we're talking about a third category, In he will supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. So actually, he will provide in three ways. Bread for now, seed to sow, and seed to store now so it's like oh man like yeah so so how do you reconcile that with do not store up for yourself treasures on earth well the distinction is they're also sowing they're also generous right so it's almost the three categories right he's going to give you some money to eat some money to sow and some money to store right and he'll provide it all and when you operate like this and he um, would enlarge the harvest of your righteousness, okay? So it's the sowing that ends up being the righteousness that produces the harvest to be able to have all of this, okay? It's so interesting for me because, you know, some people are like, you should give everything, and some people you should give nothing. And I'm like, no, you actually need to manage it in three parts, okay? But the lock nut here to make this work and the bit that credits you as righteousness is the seed to be sown. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Okay? This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. So think about this. I find somebody who's a poor and a widow and an orphan and a vulnerable or whoever, right, and I give them money they're thanking God for the supply. So I don't just get to sow seeds. I get to, how does it say it? It says, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through our generosity will result in thanksgiving. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. So they're giving their thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourself, the service of giving, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. Giving is a confession of the gospel of Christ. And for your generosity in sharing with them and with everybody else. That's a fair bit to take in because of your service by which you've proved yourself. Others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession. So, so now you've got a bunch of other people thanking God for you too, right? And this is, they'll catch this last little bit because it's amazing. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his incredible gift. You're, you're not only giving to them and blessing their need. It's like their thanksgiving is credited to you as well, because they may not know you. They're thanking God, but God's crediting and saying, we benefit from their prayers too. So it's not just about fulfilling their practical needs. When they start to praise God that God was the source and supply to their need, those prayers pass by us. Incredible incredible way for us to benefit in this thing called generosity. So it's a heart issue. It's got to come in three ways, right? Food to eat, food to sow, food to save, or seed to save. And then it's got to be uh, so that every single time that there's a need, you're able to partake. Listen, that's the biblical standard. The biblical standard, according to this scripture, is that you're able to Be part of everything that you can be part of. So when you see a need, you're part of it. And then that one, you're part of it. And that one, you're part of it because you just get to the point where you just want to pour out into other people's lives, All right? That's the biblical standard. So now you get, so that makes the question like, well, what about me? I don't don't have anything. I'm not able to be in that position, okay? But he gives seed to the sower. (laughs) So if you want more seed from heaven, be a sower today be a sower today. That's really practical, right? Because it doesn't matter. Like I'm not talking about an amount. I'm talking about it could really hurt you to give a hundred bucks. It could really hurt you to go in the garage, sell something you just bought that you're not going to use and sell it for half the price and be able to take that as seed money and sow it. Because he gives seed to the sower, which means that to get the seed, you've got to be a sower. Right, which means you need the act of sowing, which probably means you've got to get generosity in your heart, which is why we're talking about it. But he doesn't give seed to the person that he thinks he'll sow. He gives seed to the sower. It means you're, you have to be a sower to get the seed. So what I'm saying to you is find out a way to sow. doesn't matter. Like, you know, people say, like, oh, I sow my time. Nope. No, sow some money. Now, you might, I know that that's a harsh truth. I was like everyone tries to get out of the money thing by saying, oh, well, it's not about money. It's about time and it's about this and it's my intention. And no, no. It's money, people. In some cases, it talks about generosity of time and generosity about being with people and being in prison and like like visiting people. Like there's, a, there's those. These ones that I'm picking on are talking about cash. They're talking about money, right? So you can try and skirt around it all you like. But I'm saying that it doesn't matter how vulnerable your position is today from a cash perspective, you can find a way to unlock the spiritual principle of sowing, right? So that you can get more seed because you're a sower. You have to start that journey and unlock that, all right? And that will look like however it needs to look like. Some of you have just been tight lately because you're scared about the economy and, you can, and you've got some savings in the bank and you could just pump that and you've started the cycle. Some people need to maybe go and get a second job working at night for two nights a week to get the money, to get the seed to start sowing, to unlock it. Some of you could just sell something and get out there and get amongst it, all right? You, you've got to find out your way of doing this. But I can't take a backward step on this. It's on you. All right, so let's look at a bunch of other scriptures, okay? Um, Proverbs 3.9. Proverbs 3.9 says, honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will be full of new wine. It's, there's, there's the promise right there, people. Honor the Lord with your wealth, the first fruits of all your crops. Now, you and I don't have crops, okay? Most of us don't have crops. It, that doesn't matter right? We're not like, we're, we're talking here about honour the Lord with your increase, honour the Lord with your first fruits, honour the Lord with this year's profit. I don't want to get hung up on whether it's turnover. Listen, if you're trying to sit there to go, well, is it on revenue? It, well, it, listen, it'll never be revenue. Let's let's just throw that out. You can't tithe off your revenue because if you run a 10% net profit and you tithe off your revenue, then you're going to go broke. Right. And that can never be God's plan. So don't worry about your revenue. Right. You could tithe off your profit or if you want to be specific, you could tithe off the money that you take from the business. All right. Your own personal wages. Listen, I don't care, but the minute you're trying to do this to weasel your way out to a lower amount, you've already missed the mark of the heart of generosity. This is about working out. What can I do? Right. Not what can I not do? So, at the very least, you should be giving out of the wages that you take because that's totally controllable by you. But as generosity comes in, you're going to want to find other ways, right? So, you know, I personally do some giving out of my own personal wages and then I do giving out of the profits of the business. And then if I, you know, if I sell something, then I would be looking at what can I contribute out of this. I'm not caught up on the 10% thing beyond. You know, beyond from my wages, I'm just looking now to be like, how do I deploy this money to be generous in in, in a bunch of different places? But I find that all these people are like they're trying to figure out what it is because they want a war against it because they're trying to make it the lowest amount they possibly can. Here's what I'm saying: honor, just honor the Lord with the first fruits of your crops. Honor the Lord with this year's profit. Honor the Lord with this year's wages. Honor the Lord with something. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will be full of new wine. Okay that's the promise, right? We can't get around it. Proverbs eleven twenty four 24 is another one that I think's really, really cool. Proverbs eleven twenty four: 24. One person gives freely yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. So here's, I'm talking about the five promises. Here's a promise. If you withhold and you're giving, it'll lead to poverty. That's the promise. However, if you give freely, you'll gain even more. You'll gain even more. And this is not even some like, um, this is not like, this is not like heaven has, you know, an Excel spreadsheet. Well, that would be in hell if it was an Excel spreadsheet. It's not like heaven has a big abacus working out who's, who, listen, there is just, even in a worldly context, right? Not even, not even from heaven, generous people, attract better business. They attract more business. They're more trustworthy. More people want to transact with them. There is even just just the fact that here on earth, the person who is generous, who shows himself as trustworthy, who's not there to rip anybody off and not be snidey, that person, more people want to go and do business with in our context, which means that you will gain even more. That's without heaven looking down with a smile and saying, here's somebody that has generosity inside of their heart. And so they have an act of righteousness in their giving. We're going to back that person because we know that, we can give them more than they've got because it won't kill them when we give it to them. That's the conversation in heaven. It's like, can I get this money to you and it be a blessing because I get it through you? Or if I give this money to you or this opportunity or this increase, will you store it up for yourself, therefore turn it into a curse, start to choke it, turn away from the Lord, all the other things that we've spoken about on the Bible for Business broadcast so far, All right, The person gives freely, it gains even more. Listen, you just got to get your head around the fact that you need to give freely, right? just give freely. I just, I haven't met anybody that got completely let down by God. Um, whatever actually, but you know, I find that there are, there are too many cases of people I know who are incredibly generous that have ended up being massively blessed in their life. There's too many cases, right? So we're just going to go through them now. They're, uh, This one you'll know. This one you will know well. All right. so the old malachi scripture you know the one that's like put on the back of every like tithing envelope inside churches um yeah that one um and so basically you know we're talking about we're talking about breaking covenant by withholding that's this is like this is like an Old Testament concept, and it talks about robbing God. And it says, but, but you ask, how are we robbing God? In tithes and offerings. You're under a curse, you whole nation, because you are robbing me. And, it, and then this is the bit that we that we tend to put out. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there will be food in my house. Now, we don't have storehouses, and and it's very far-fetched to think that the storehouse in the Old Testament is the equivalent of a modern-day church because it, 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 it can't be, right? They, they didn't even exist, right? Now, here I am saying that the storehouse is not the church, but it must include the church. I would say to you that if you want to draw, you know, if you want to take the storehouse of the Old Testament and find what it is in the New Testament, it's the kingdom of God. It's the resources for the body of Christ. It's broader than your local church, but it includes your local church, right? So here's what I would say to you in terms of like that concept to bring all the tithe into the storehouse in a 2023 setting, that would mean you should start your giving at your local church. But you as an entrepreneur over the course of your life are going to out earn. I mean, let's say that there's 15 kingdom entrepreneurs inside your church. Maybe there's 50, but let's say there's 15. If you actually start to apply all this stuff that we're teaching, your your businesses are going to grow. The profits from all 15 businesses are going to be bigger than the vision of that church. Right? So, so, of course, your giving has to creep outside of your local church over time because you know but i mean most churches their vision is more buildings and so that's a hard one to just keep putting up with i think so you're going to get sick of that after a while i assume and and you're going to want to find a direct way to you know scatter amongst the poor and the vulnerable and the widow right so so but i would say to you that a lot of people get it run the wrong way they're giving outside of their church and throwing some crumbs to church I think that's out of line. I think, I think if you're going to go to a place that's providing for you, they're giving you value, they're putting your kids through, you know, whatever youth group, and and you're you're a contributing member, and you're being fed, and well, I think you should you should be leaning in there, right? Give them your tires, give them your offerings, but it's going to get beyond that. Right, like and and don't be manipulated into saying that the only thing you can do with your money that's righteous is give it to your local church, because that's not true. I'm trying to give you some structure and some freedom at the same time. So get amongst your church first, treat that as the storehouse, but that's not the limit of the storehouse. The storehouse is going to be so, 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 so much bigger, right, as this world expands for you. Right. The world of the generous gets larger and larger, and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. <clears throat> as you start to do this, your world will explode. And, and, and actually you end up, you, you by default start thinking kingdom and not vocational church, but understanding that the vocational church is a very, very, very important element of the kingdom of God. It cannot be neglected. So to me, it starts there, but it's going to expand beyond there. All right. You know, there's only so many backpacks you can give out in your community before every homeless has three it's going to expand beyond that right there's you know and 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 whatever your church does i'm just giving random examples it could be that you you know you you fund a you fund a group of missionaries in iraq right now great but you know there's a point where they don't need more money right because more money doesn't actually help them right so I guess that's what I'm saying by expanding, 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 right? It's not always going to be like that. So so basically, so here's the promise, right, in, in Malachi. Bring, um, bring the whole tithe in the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test. It literally says, test me in this. You want to promise? Te- like he didn't just say like a lot of other scriptures, do this, this happens. He didn't say that. He's like, actually, test me in this, right? See that I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I'll prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord. Then the nations will call you blessed. So it's a test, people. It is a test. And it comes with a promise. The promise is he'll throw open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you cannot contain. But you're going to have to step in it. And I think one of the reasons why a lot of people don't get to walk in such a position is they create a Mexican standoff with God. It's like, I'll believe it when I see it. And God's like, nope, do it. And then I'll show you. So so we're there waiting for God to kind of lead the way. And God's there going, you have to start this, right? Do this and I'll throw open the windows, right? Now, it, it doesn't say, right? This Sunday, put a hundred in the offering and I'll throw open the windows of heaven. It's not that clear. It says, make this a lifestyle that there is food in my house. And then I will do this, right? Stop analyzing it. Take the concept for what it is. Get the generosity stuffed so down inside of you that it has to come out in these ways of giving and transaction and, and finding people to bless, right? And if you give it enough time, and I won't put any more caveat on it than give it enough time. If you do that, I have not yet met a person that the Lord left in the lurch, right, that the Lord withheld from, that didn't see their world get larger and larger and larger. I promise you, all right? It is just, it's a byproduct of the way that we are talking. We'll go to Matthew twenty, Matthew 10, 42, just 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 because we can. Matthew ten forty two. Matthew ten forty two. Christopher, thanks for watching. Sarah, Dan, Alby. Carlos, Alan. You guys are awesome. Appreciate you. Put something in the comments for me. Help me build the algorithm so that I can so that more notifications go out. That'd be great. Because because, ultimately, like, this this is, this is, this is where we want to get to, right? Matthew 10, 42 says, And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. If anyone gives even a cup of cold water to little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. Like... There's a reward. <laughs> like, what are you actually doing to help other people? There's, There's got to be something beyond your own home. There's got to be something beyond storing up for yourself real estate investments and stocks and shares just so that you can, pre- you know, basically put yourself away for retirement. Listen, that is an element. That's why he's, that's why scripture said, and we, we covered it earlier, he gives seed to store the seed, Right. But if your whole world revolves around producing just enough that you can provide for your family under your roof and store some money away for later, you have missed the mark of generosity. It has to flow outside of that. Now, I'm not saying you can't be generous under your own roof. I'm saying it's pretty hard to call it generosity if the limit is under your roof. There's got to be a group of people that benefit. There's got to be Listen, and and where do you start with 5 million needs in the world? You start by saying, Lord, show me the first one and I'll get amongst it, right? It, It doesn't have to look like anything, but it can start with the vulnerable and the needy and the widow and the orphan is a great place to start. Listen, if you don't think that God's interested in them, then you haven't read half of your Bible. He literally says it is up to you to go and figure this out and help the widow and the orphan and the needy and the vulnerable. Right? there's there's a there's a lot of people that fall under that category pick one pick a group and go for it and the and your world will become larger and larger and there'll be more things that you get to fund more things that more opportunities for you to be generous more seed will come your way if you're prepared to work hard and do it so let me finish with this, right? <clears throat> There's these two extremes that really 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 tick me off in the body of Christ. We should have nothing and apparently that glorifies God and you know pastors rolling around in 40 million dollar mansions and Rolls-Royces and so forth. It's it's not neither of those are evil. I don't know that they're smart and they don't unlock the concept of generosity. <clears throat> the Bible says do not store up for yourself treasures on earth. The Bible says it's harder for a rich man to go you know, through the eye of a needle. Harder for a rich man to go to heaven than, than a camel to go through the eye of a needle. There's warnings all the way through scripture. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't build an asset base, right, that can be generous in the future. It doesn't mean you should give away everything and have nothing. It doesn't mean that. But you have to hold intention, right? This concept of do not store up for yourself treasures on earth. However, if you have a heart of generosity, then the treasures on earth can't control you, right? This is, this is about like this, this concept of generosity and being able to give in all circumstance in every way, meeting every need, that is the antidote to make sure that the money doesn't corrupt you. It is the generosity that allows you to go into the marketplace, build a big business, way bigger than you need, more profit than you need, give the money away, store it up, build an asset base, fund real estate to be able to give more in the future. The only way that that doesn't get inside of you and take you away from God is if you do that in parallel with this insane amount of generosity. So that as that world grows, this world grows, your world grows, and that stuff cannot take you away From the assignment that the Lord has for you. But if you're doing lots of storing and only a little bit of giving, it's only a matter of time before the storing just gets over you. And now you don't want to know God or you edge him out or you push him to the side. Okay. The two worlds have to grow together and it is the antidote so that you can use the gifts and talents to go into the marketplace and build a big business and be highly profitable without it corrupting you. This, this generosity that's got to get down inside of you that starts with you because he gives seed to the sower needs to start today in a bigger and bigger way. It could be that you've been given a hundred bucks a week and now you're up to 150. It doesn't have to be a lot, but it starts with you to activate this and be intentional about this concept of generosity and you stick to it and you stick to it and you stick to it and it expands over time. And that's when you will be given seed for bread. Seed to sow and seed to store. Well, it's been a blessing hanging out with you. That's eight. We've done eight Bible for business broadcasts for last week, for this week. Uh, However, next week I am on the road all week. There will be no Bible for business broadcast next week. Uh, I have, uh, I leave on Sunday to set up for a training in Brisbane for two days where we have our larger clients fly in. So uh, we'll have people fly in on Sunday night and we'll be spending Monday and Tuesday in a boardroom, helping them scale up their business and deepen their walk with the Lord. And then we'll pack down from that. We'll drive to the Gold Coast. We'll be setting up uh, an event on the Gold Coast where uh, the rest of the clients fly in for Thursday and Friday and we'll finish Friday night. So there'll be no There'll be no Bible for Business broadcast next week. But the week after that, you never know. I might come back and do it again. All right. Loved hanging out with you. Bless you.